As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and Things flapping their wings on. All I know is Zach said he has a game where Shield don't read both 7,000. <laughs> and I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do and, it. And so the yeah, purpose that's of. That's really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Wednesday evening. Bo Wolf, Sheila Kapadia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris coming to you. And of course, we start as we always do. Shield, how are you? That was What's a good job. On? How are you doing? That was a good job by you ratcheting the excitement up. When, like before we started recording, you were like, "Hello, how is everyone?" Then the mic turns on, the recording starts, and you turn into a flip a switch game show host. All right, good. He's yeah, a red light player. That's what they call them, right? Oh, oh. I've never heard that before. Well, yeah. A one take Charlie, I believe. Mm, one take Tony. Uh, how am I doing? Uh, you know, that post-game pod, I swear, it threw off my whole week. This is what happens when you get old. You mm. stay up till uh, 3.30 one night, and it's like I was uh, in Vegas on a three-day bender or something. Uh, well, you know, yeah. The I like whole that week I, I'm I, catching up. I told you this, but I, I, I'm, I you know, go to bed at 8.30 in the morning, Monday morning, uh, get my, like, three hours of sleep before Doug Peterson's noon press conference, and then by 12.30, I've already, we've already got a text from you asking what our content plan this week is. Like, well, I'm a listen. walking zombie. I can't be thinking about what I'm going to write later this week. Are you kidding you, me? You got to have someone to be uh, to be pushing you. You know, that's what makes, makes the athletic great. If I'm not sending that, then who knows? We don't come up with a plan, and we don't have uh, a, great, uh, a great week of content on the athletic, so uh, I make no apologies. Well, who's Bo, I admire do? your endurance. Like staying up until eight thirty. I don't know if I've ever been up until eight thirty. Why were you staying up until eight thirty? I mean, well, I, finished, I finished the day after at like seven thirty. Uh, you know, then I'm helping. Casey's already up, so I, I'm helping get the the household in order with uh, you know 
Rachel eight months pregnant, and then, uh, you know, it probably takes me like 20 minutes to fall asleep because I'm still a little bit wired. I've been mainlining coffee all night long. Yeah, you got to finish that, uh, you know, that day after it's got to be put to bed by, you know, 5, 5.36 at the latest. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, that would be nice, but we I haven't started writing until after we finished the podcast at 3.30, 4 o'clock. Yeah, come on. I've gone through the same process. I don't remember ever staying up past 6. I'm not so sure about that. Why don't you ditch the day after and do something else that wouldn't take so long? Yeah, well, that is a possibility. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it might that might be something I need to look into. There's your solution. That was well. Easy. I liked it. I mean, the day after is good. It feels like it. It feels like it's the thing that ha- that lives and like goes through everything that went in the game. I think it's a good thing to have. But okay. you know, and you do it well. Well, I don't know about that, but maybe I do. The yeah, the, do uh, the time input is. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's worth it. All right. Okay. Uh, well, we've got uh, we've got some stuff to get to, so we will do the bird on the street. The Eagles have made a couple uh, minor transactions, maybe you know, maybe not so minor, depending on your viewpoint, depending on whether you've written a feature about the person who's coming back, and you can then peddle that story. Maybe it's not so minor a transaction. Then we'll do the squall twenty two with Shield, and uh, you know, we'll see what other surprises come in along the way. So let's uh, let's send it over to the news desk. With our man, Zach Berman. So let's start off with Darius Slay, who mm. says that, that that he does not think they should have had a season. Mm. And then he came back a little later and said that that was his He was opinion. summoned back. That was his opinion at the time when they decided to have the season. Him and Bo, I guess, had a similar sentiment. And then he saw <laughs> he, he saw the NFL's plan. Yeah, and, well, that sentiment, who, 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 I'm not so sure that that was uh, not the right one. Go ahead. And, and he said outside of his home, he feels safest in the Eagles complex. Wait, wait, um, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So so Dar- you had a Darius Slay media availability today? Is that right? Correct. And and what did he? what was his first... The first thing he said during the media, like about this, he said we shouldn't have had a season. Well, so the the first question came up. It was the second question, I, I think. Of uh, I actually missed conference. it, so I need you yeah. do. I'm interested here too. So there was um, there was a question about his opinion on everything that's that's going on in the NFL right now, and he said that well, he didn't think they should have had a season. In the first place, but but you know, but it, the Eagles are doing a good job with it, and uh, and and once they decide to play, he's he's committed. Um, so that was the first one, and then Shields, uh, old old partner Tim McManus followed up like four oh, or five questions like, later. That's like uh, and said, that's like dangling meat in front of a dog <laughs> to uh, to T Mac a quote like that. He's not gonna yeah. let that one slide. Well T Mac's been fishing on the on the on the uh, league wide uh, COVID stuff all it's week. A big so topic. yeah that, that was yeah. a big that was a big leap on for him. Okay. So it was it was it was Les Bone who asked the first question. And Let's then, Bone as uh, Otter translated. And then it was and, and then T Mac followed up just just to clarify and uh darius or we are supposed to call him slay no listen you're allowed to call him what you uh you're allowed to call him by his first name i mean you're a reporter i mean come on call me by your name okay so he says that uh he said the same thing that like he didn't think they should have had a season and he repeated the same thing too that uh you know the eagles are doing a good job with this and that 
it's his job to play and 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 that uh he he's he's not living in fear uh that uh, that kind of thing and then it was it was uh, conveyed to us what what Darius meant uh, and um mm, and a, then a classic yeah and Damage then it control. was it was conveyed to the person conveying to us that if Darius meant that, have Darius say that. And, <laughs> and, and so that Darius Slay came back and reiterated what he said. Oh, and he so, so had changed. Because well, I wasn't there for the first yeah. one, but it sounds like what he said the second time was not really what he said the first time. Well, frankly, I I don't think that, you know, I it's, it's a matter of semantics. At the he, time, he didn't think that they should have a season. Um, clearly, he didn't opt out. So he was okay playing the season, correct? I mean, I mean. Well, that's I don't I know if that's exactly that's a, a fair one to one, but. Well, I mean, anyone who did not want to play had the chance not to play. Yeah, but you can think that they're making the wrong decision, but you still feel like you have an obligation, sure, uh, exactly. both to your family and to the teammates, to you know At- go play and make money. But that you can also you can also disagree with the decision to move forward. Well said. Correct. Yes. That. Yes. That's that. That's correct. And he did say. It's a difficult time, but we all made sacrifices. Our staff, our team, the Eagles are doing a great job securing us. Um, yeah, so what what Bo said uh, does add up there, that uh, whether it was his opinion in April or and if he still holds that opinion, he he came back and said it was his opinion at, at the time. Uh, nonetheless, he, he did convey that, that uh, he didn't think there should have been a season, whether it was in April or yeah, so let's let's say back in April he he didn't think there should have been a season. Okay. Uh, so this so is that was. Uh, I think it extends of, beyond that, I, but yeah. I I could be wrong. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I so I I I would have to listen back to the first one, but mm-hmm. it there's also this is there's there's a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a Brandon Graham dynamic here, where uh, it's hard to believe exactly everything Slay says, like at. Uh, at the face value of his word, he's just sort of rambling at times. Is that fair to say, Zach? Yes. Yeah. He, he's a he's a fun loving guy who who yeah he likes to have fun with it. Can we talk about this Titans thing? Well, do you want me to keep going with the Eagles news, or do you want to go? Well, with well while we're on while we're on COVID, okay. let, why don't we sure. why don't we stay here with the uh, hashtag Marissa's Titans and you know what a bet that's turning out to be. Uh, this idea that the the league can't have them forfeit a game because they uh, only put that in a memo this week is ridiculous to me because it's such a it's such a crazy thing that they went out while they were supposed to be quarantining and had a team practice like that that's like saying uh you can't have a team forfeit a game because you know like they went out the night before and beat up the other team in their hotel room with like batteries and pillows like it's such a ridiculous thing to even consider that of course of, of course you can be punished for that Plus, the league can do whatever it wants. Do like, you want to give some you know. background on the, uh, on what what's happening? That's your you're you're the background. Guy. No, I mean yeah, yeah I, I'm not as plugged in as as you are, but you're like offering this take without any uh without any context. Well, so so the give Titans, the, context first. Uh, the the Titans, you know, they had this outbreak last week that uh, a game was postponed for, and they're supposed to all be quarantining at home, and they went out, and I don't know what the I don't know what the details are, but like a good portion of the players went out and like worked out together on a football field had like a like a you know a practice basically it's outrageous and then another guy tests positive today 
when they were when they were supposedly in the clear over the past couple of days. It's it's unbelievable. And so the league said that they can't. Well, no, the league. Forfeit? So the league said in a memo this week, in sort of like you know chastising the teams um, and you know beating back this. It's sort of the same dynamic that goes on in colleges where uh, the colleges bring the students back and then act surprised when the students can't follow the rules and blame the students. It's it's like it's ridiculous. You you should know what your college students are going to do. You should know they're not going to follow the rules. It's your fault for bringing them back. But anyway, uh, so the league is, you know, it's, it's the, uh, we've all got, we've all got the common enemy of, of, of COVID. And, uh, you know, if you don't follow the protocols, we, you know, we're willing to have all these different punishments up to and including uh, forfeiture of a game. And you have to keep your, uh, what is it? You have to keep your security camera footage for the last 30 days or whatever. So we can back check to make sure that you're following the protocols. Um, so this was sent out after the Titans had, uh, theoretically or reportedly had this, this practice yesterday or last week in, in quarantine, but that's such a ridiculous thing for them to be doing. It doesn't have to fall under the same statute of limitations. Like that's the thing that, that should be punished. If they have, if they're, if they are going to have another outbreak here where they're not able to play this week, it shouldn't. That game shouldn't be moved. They should forfeit that game. Yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. That's all. Okay, Zach. I, I, I suppose I agree. I honestly haven't put much thought into it, so <laughs> I, I don't want to kind of speak one way or the other. I mean, I, I I've been. Uh, tied up with Eagles stuff. I haven't paid as much attention to it. Certainly, they shouldn't have been working out when, when, or they shouldn't have been working out together. But uh, as far as the forfeiture, uh, I, I saw some stuff out of Pittsburgh that they felt like, like, like they got the short end of the stick here. You know, if if the Titans, in theory, if 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 they need to forfeit this game against the Bills, but then they play the game again against the Steelers. Right, so mm. I don't know if, they, if there are competitive issues here. Long story short, I I haven't devoted much thought though, so I I, meanwhile, I will certainly defer to you. Meanwhile, the league lets the Patriots play on Monday night, like as if as if they're doing everything by the book. Give me a break. Well, yeah, that could be the Titans' defense. Look at you guys; you're gonna make us forfeit. You you guys are making these dumb calls as well. Yeah, well, fair enough. It's well, we got to see Jared Stidham, so that was the. Moment. Yeah, <laughs> you know what the, the first the first pass did him through that you know looked like it was going to get an interception. I was like, he is worse than Matt Pryor. <laughs> I still like think he's see, not very good, but well, you, well, you can see why they were waiting to sign Cam Newton. They didn't need to. They had Jared Stidham, right? So that's right. All right, let's move okay. this along. We exactly. got no juice. We're all over the place. I mean, is anybody still yeah. listening? This is the worst start, worst 13 minute start to a podcast we've had all year. All right. I, I should, Do I, I need to take over here? I definitely think that's wrong. I don't think so. What was worse? Go ahead. Can, this will add some juice. Give me your five worst podcasts we've done. There that's have got to be. Please. That's a segment I'm actually interested there in. There are a lot Unlike of the ones we've done so far. Middle of the beginning of the pandemic in like. Uh, in like April or even even post draft, that were definitely worse than that. Okay, I don't know that I agree with that. I think we so, have to uh, bring the juice back then. Zach, go yes. ahead. Yes. So at, at practice today, Deshaun Jackson uh, had his helmet on, was catching punts, was catching passes. So out there on a Wednesday, he hasn't been out there on a Wednesday since 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 week one. 
Um, so that is, a, I suppose, a sign of progress. Alshon Jeffrey also catching passes, had his helmet on. Um, Alshon the, was doing that thing where um, he's like moving his arms like he's running, but not oh, moving his I feet. Oh, I love that. Like the movement, is, it's, it's just, it's so it's, funny. The guy the guy with the Liz Frank, is he's just sitting there trying yeah. to run run with his arms, can't move his feet still. No, that in place, right? That's a, that I feel like that's a wide receiver. We will have to. Ask I know, Coach but Fred. it's just you, so you funny. Ar- like it, the whole like team you, is out there practicing, and he's sitting there just pumping his arms. You go arms in place, then you turn, catch arms in place, turn right. That, well, that no, thing? but this was not even with a ball. This was just off to the <laughs> side with a trainer. Oh, all right, that's weirder. <laughs> <laughs> so the the uh, new injury today that is important for us to monitor is Roddy McLeod. Hamstring injury, did not practice. Uh, we'll see how that goes. TJ Edwards and, and Rudy Ford both left the game on Sunday with hamstring injuries. Doug Peterson said they're going to take some time, uh, which or, or they're going to miss some time, rather. So I wouldn't expect to see either one on Sunday against the Steelers. Lane Johnson, ankle injury, uh, did not practice. Uh, he did not practice, but... That seems to be par for the course. Wait, Rodney would, Rodney McLeod, you said is not gonna is not gonna play Sunday against the Steelers. Okay, it looks you're not like? listening. No, Rudy Ford. Oh, Rudy Ford. Okay, sorry. And, yes, and T.J. Ford. Rodney Obviously, McLeod's a new injury listening. that we were not aware of. Okay, I got and you. he did not practice. Avante Maddox also uh, did not practice. So those were the injuries of note. The transactions of note uh, are that the Eagles claimed Brett Hoth off of waivers, uh, and you recall he was with the Eagles last summer from Army, offensive tackle, uh, so so gives them an, another young developmental offensive lineman, and the Eagles started the 21-day practice window for Vinnie Curry and for Craig James. I li- when, when that first, uh, that second part of what you said, the starting the practice window came on the wire today, I had, I had literally forgotten that Vinnie Curry was still on the team. <laughs> we're going to be doing this podcast in like 2027 and <laughs> Bo's going to go newsman and Zach's going to go Vinnie Curry uh, hamstring <laughs> is questionable for Sunday. Yeah. I think, I, can only hope. I think, I think the only, the only thing that seems unreasonable about that is that we're all still going to be alive in 2027. Oh I, yeah. I thought you were going to say that we're still doing this podcast. No, I feel like if we're alive, we're doing the pod. Hmm. We'll and, see then, about that. Uh, and then speaking of football players from army, the Eagles are seeing their old friend Alejandro Villanueva. Oh, I really uh, thought for sure you were going to say that they uh, protected Elijah Riley this week. Oh, that as well. Correct. Yeah, yes, big Army week. Elijah Riley. Um, but Jason Kelsey gave, uh, you know, so he gave a very nice answer about Villanueva and the impression that Villanueva left during his, his summer with the team. But I feel like he gave the best compliment that Jason Kelsey could give somebody. Yeah, it's a very good compliment. Which is, he's the type of guy I'll have a beer with any day of the week. And it'll probably be the best one I've had in a while. Hmm, it's pretty good. Yeah, the beer like, the, will like, be the best one he's had in a while. Yeah, yeah that the, beer outing. because as in as in like the, the, the experience so of having the beer. Yeah, the companionship. Yeah. Okay. He said but they I, went fly I, fishing I, I together like, a couple yeah, of summers I, oh. ago. I feel like when if that's the way Jason Kelsey frames it, it's it's like it, it's it's probably the highest bar you can reach with Jason Kelsey. That's probably true. I think if he would have said like I'll have twelve beers with yes. him any day of the week, that that would probably take it to another level. I think I think you know having a beer is implied plural. Okay, but how many? I mean, you remember nice what he took there. You yeah. remember you remember what he told me during the uh, the Jason Kelsey story I wrote, right? I do. 
I forget how many beers he said he had before the uh, the speech before the parade, but it, it, it was more than I was expecting him to admit to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that Bud Lights uh, on, on a he's starting early in the morning. You can you can throw a bunch back. Yeah, he said, "Okay, here's the quote. He's th- this was uh, for the parade. He said, I would be lying if I said I knew the count, but it was certainly north of 20. It was a lot. <laughs> and I think he said, actually, what you just said, I think he said something like, I, I don't think it was in the story, but he's like, uh, I-, I can drink some Bud Light now. Yeah. Fo- football guy thing. That's pretty good. I respect okay. that. Um, 20. The, can I, can I, can, can we talk about, you want to talk about Toth for a minute, Zach? Oh sure. God, really? You wrote the story. Give us, yeah, oh give us gosh. the, give us the scoop. Well, the story's changed a bit, but uh, back then, is he still a Trump thanker? Signed... What's that? Is he still a big Trump thanker? <laughs> I haven't spoken to Brett um, <laughs> in a while, but uh, at 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 the time, the uh, he was not allowed to to play football. Uh, then there was a military waiver. That I don't want to get into into the political machinations because there is some controversy about like the origin of it and whatnot, and it, it has been a, a year, so it's it's not fresh in my mind. Nonetheless, the Eagles brought him in uh, after a year, essentially away from football, and uh, and they viewed him as a project. They liked him, and they cut him, hoping to get him through the practice squad. The Arizona Cardinals claimed him. Uh, so I, I think the Eagles were hoping to keep him, and now they just had a chance to get him back, and they took the first chance they had. Well, that's not true. That's, that's not, not true, true. Actually, okay. uh, sorry, I don't mean I don't mean to. Uh, that's oh. not me barking at you. It's me barking at this idea that like the Eagles were so mad that they got uh, Toth stolen from underneath them, and then you know jumped right on it. He was released at at waiver cutdowns. Oh, you're right. Correct. Uh, True. So they if they if they really were like needing to get this guy back in the building like the one who got away they could have done that before week one um so i think it's uh, to me this is again this is it's a little bit different because he is a 24 year old and he's a prospect and you know you, you want to be developing offensive linemen but it, it is a little bit you know hashtag no new ideas like everybody everybody who comes has already been here before um that's all well i i know that he this is not like vinnie curry coming back yeah but it's also not exactly original. I mean, I think if 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 this is a guy who who Jeff Stoutland liked from a developmental perspective, then I have no issue bringing him in uh, because they we've seen have a, young yeah, offensive linemen. I don't have an issue with it. I mean, they've got yeah. an open roster spot. And I mean, this is not like bringing Jordan Matthews line. in to play wide receiver. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. This is not like it's not worth getting upset about. And I know yeah. that I'm sounding like I'm getting upset about it, but it is just. It's emblematic of like all of these. I feel like there have been a lot of uh, roster decisions on the margins this year that have uh, really been sort of lazy and left me wanting a little bit. Well, the the one that I will point out, and I, I hope I'm, I'm not changing the subject too quickly. Please do. I mean, really, please. I, I can't it, believe we're still talking about this. This, no, is I, na- this is now extended to the worst 21 minutes we've had. Well, the, well this is a, a conversation. Podcast. I mean, See, what the is, hell is going on here? So really, Bo, you needed to extend that Brett Toth conversation? <laughs> My God. Well, five more minutes and I'm out of here. Well, this is a conversation she will like. Okay. I, I So yeah, that's uh, Jordan Maialata, who is getting a lot of attention this week because he had his first start at left tackle. And, you know, there were, there were some things to be impressed with. Uh, 
and it looks like he's he's going to get that he's 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 going to get some more time. Uh, I keep going back to this two week period back in August when the Eagles had Matt Pryor playing left tackle. Yeah. For for a reason nobody could explain, <laughs> right? Like there was there was so if you're resisting moving Jason Kelsey, well I'm, I'm sorry Jason uh, Peters over. Why not play the guy who you viewed as your le- as yeah. a potential left tackle? So and where was my lot of practicing during that? Was he healthy? Right where tackle. was he practicing? Okay, he was practicing a right tackle. Yeah, uh, because Lane Johnson wasn't playing. Uh, so 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 right tackle where and Matt he was Pryor getting, like, has he was getting like a handful of you know second team yeah. left tackle reps. Ex- exactly, Matt Pryor, where who has played on the right side in the past. Who they said, you know, so they all of a sudden had this idea that let's try Matt Pryor at left tackle. <laughs> Clearly didn't work it's well. It's so right. When, when it would have, it, like, it would behoove them to see how Jordan Maialata does as your first team left tackle during that period. And then maybe if you liked what you saw, uh, then you aren't as interested or as aggressive in restructuring Jason Peters' deal. Well, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think Jason Peters was going to say, "Let's, I'm going to line up here at right guard. Everything's fine right now." Businessman of the year, Jason Peters. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, Jalen uh, Mills. Uh, so, so uh, not the, uh, not to get off subject, but um, but Jim. We're Schwartz literally was, on like no subject. So. <laughs> Jim Schwartz was saying like <laughs> no, how more how uns, how unselfish it was for for Jalen Mills to be willing to move over to cornerback. <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking like is 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 this like an option that is yeah. is presented like if if my boss asks me to write a story and it's it's not a subject that that like I had planned on writing that day, can I just be like no, I don't want to unless you give me more you money. Walk into his office and demand more money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Maybe so. has that conversation happened with Pistol Pete. We'll have to get him on the pod and ask him. I don't know. True. Uh well yeah. listen, I'm not going to um question Jeff Stoutland's practices with these offensive linemen. When you look at, I feel like how they've played here over the first month of the season, I was looking at, uh, you know, there's no perfect offensive line metric, but uh, ESPN has the one we've discussed previously pass block win rate, which just measures how often protection holds up for two and a half seconds. Where do you think they are? Or do you know? I don't know. Uh, Seventh. Number four. Wow, and and look at the guys that were playing uh, on, on Sunday night, and so uh, especially I mean, should we just get into the Mylotta conversation now, or do you have more? Yeah, let's talk Mylotta. Okay, all right. Uh, I you know I I went into the film viewing process like thinking, all right, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be able to pour some cold water on this. They're probably you know helping Mylotta doing things. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, uh, you too. Yeah. Yes, I mean yeah. for now, and and well, you go ahead. But there, there certainly will be a difference between this last last week and this week. If he can do it again, that's something totally different. But go ahead. Yes, yeah, no, I mean, I think you uh, looked at it, and I guess a few things really, really stood out from the way he played. I mean, he he did have to hold up one on one in like you know drop back pass game on several occasions and i i just thought like he's very strong he's very powerful i'm not an offensive line aficionado by any means so my gauge is like you know did the guy beat him and hit the quarterback or did he keep the pocket clean and like there was this one bull rush uh, i don't know if it was ansa or hider i think it was a play actually where they gave up uh 
where they ended up, someone else ended up giving a, giving up a sack, but the guy tried to bull rush him. And it was like the guy ran into a brick wall. I mean, mm. he didn't budge at all. And there were a lot of plays. Like, I, I mean, he was legitimately, uh, I would say he and Kelsey were their best. He, he might've been their best offensive lineman on Sunday night. You know, certainly uh, it, it was him and Kelsey. So I was not expecting that at all. I mean, they did move the pocket at times. They did some quick game. They did some uh, RPOs, but you know, those are all things that they should be doing anyway on a weekly basis. I, I don't think they went into this game and were like, we need to protect Jordan Mylata. Yeah. They were would... not protecting him more than they had been doing with Peters. No, I don't remember any, but I don't remember a single, this is probably wrong. There probably was one, but uh, I don't remember many chips by mm-hmm. running backs or tight ends or anything. I mean, he was one-on-one with deep, you know, professional caliber defensive ends. They weren't, they weren't pro bowlers. Armstead was on the other side, but uh, I, I was just really impressed. There was this one really funny play where they had a, uh, a bootleg that went to Carson Wentz's right. And so, you know, he, he fakes the handoff to one side and then he rolls out and he's like all the way on one side of the field, to the point where four out of the five offensive linemen are basically just standing there, you know, with their hands on their hips because there's nothing left for them to do. Wentz is sort of near the sideline. He needs to make a decision. What's he going to do? Is he going to pass it? And Mylata is like 30 yards away and he's still blocking his guy like one-on-one, like he's in his face. And uh, it, it was just funny to see, you know, I'm sure just every snap he's thinking like, all right, do what they told you to do, do what they told you to do. And uh, w- was really impressed. Definitely want to see more of him. Uh, you said it, Bo. I mean, the Steelers and the Ravens, especially the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers front seven is one of the best in the NFL. They lead it, the league in sacks every year. They blitz. Uh, I haven't looked at their numbers yet this year, but as of a couple of weeks ago, I think they were uh, like over 60%. So there's going to be all sorts of different looks he gets. And so it's going to be a huge test. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame, but uh, definitely was legitimately impressed with, with his first start. And from what we have seen of him over the past three summers, um, you know, it is not the big, strong, powerful man who's going to give him trouble. It's the, you know, it's it's the quickness. You know, it's Joe Osman. And, like, literally I do believe the Cowboys should sign Joe Osman right now um, just just for the Mylotta matchup. And it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, blitzes if he's, he's, he's missing exactly who he should be blocking because, obviously, he does not have a lot of – uh, live game reps um but yeah no i think you said it well like uh physically that there was the expectation he would hold up but he certainly proved that i mean i think somebody commented on uh on the story today that like i think he was given a bad run blocking grade which is crazy to me because he was uh he was moving people as you said all over the place yeah, I think there were. It seemed like there were times in the run game where it felt like. And again, I am not an aficionado, so I, you know, I'm sort of um, just giving you what I saw. It seemed like there were times where maybe there was more confusion there, like he wasn't exactly sure mm-hmm. what to do or assignment, that kind of thing. But yeah, he wasn't getting like you know blown up or anything. I don't remember any plays really. There was one play where he fell down, but it, I feel like he might have tripped on Herbig or something like that. So, uh, you know, yeah, he he definitely was moving guys. And I do think it's a funny potential outcome, you know, given that we talked about this guy being uh, like such a boomer bust, like either he's going to be out of the league or he's going to be like a top five left tackle or something. And it'll be funny if he just sort of ends up being very average, which is, of course, a great result for a seventh round pick. But I feel like that that's that's a possibility. That'd be a great outcome. Oh, yeah. 
but he, he certainly does. I mean, uh, I have mocked it. I, you know, I think we've probably mocked this and mocked it on this podcast, but I've led the way um, just because it felt like there was so much hype for a guy who had never played before. And I thought it was going to be ugly on Sunday night. And uh, I was absolutely wrong. And again, uh, credit to Jeff Stoutland for the guys they had out there to, you know, uh, I won't say everyone was, I thought Matt Pryor uh, specifically was really bad in this game. And yes. I feel like they've got to get him out of there. I mean, every time it felt like, I think it's bar- time. Yeah. Barring like a Kelsey bad snap or something. It, it felt like every time there was a negative play or pressure, it was Matt Pryor. I think he's just so limited athletically. I mean, you see him on like a stretch run and he just can't get to where he needs to get to, or you see him uh, even on an inside zone where he's trying to get to the linebacker and like he can't, you know, they have the 49ers have very good linebackers, but he just like can't get there with his, uh, with his speed, with his athleticism. And so, you know, part of it's like not his mm-hmm. fault. You're just like, all right, you know, you, he's probably trying his hardest to get there, but we know he's limited athletically. And then there were times where in pass pro, um, he was just getting beaten pretty, uh, pretty handily by Eric Armstead and some other guys. So I'm curious to see what they do. I mean, I think Herbig has not been nearly as good. I know I was gassing him up. What was that? The Rams game, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I was gassing him up after the Rams I game. I think he was I- bad. I think he's been okay. Uh, I don't think he's been nearly as good at left guard as he was that game at right guard. And so I wonder, you know, do you move Herbig back over to right right guard? Do you, uh, you keep Mylata at left tackle? I don't know where like Jack Dr- where Driscoll fits in on. I think there's an answer. Uh, it's an answer wait. that Doug that Doug hinted at on Monday. Oh, okay, or is it Monday was or it? today's? Zach? Oh, well, tell me what was it? He said Which they one? they said they had a they had a little man named Suo Peta ready to go at guard on the sideline during that game. So I think it's I don't think it's crazy. Oh, Herbig, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were telling me something about Driscoll there. No. Oh yeah. So I think isn't that what you I thought? I think it's Zach? possible. I think it's possible. Herbig at well, right so guard, it, back to right guard. Sua Opeta at left guard. Okay. Yeah. So in in Driscoll's case, I think they just need to keep him ready for for Lane Johnson at right tackle because this might be an ongoing thing with with, yeah, with Lane Johnson. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Um, now I'm curious Shields' opinion on this because Bo and I discussed it in our beat back and forth uh, on on Tuesday morning which is when Jason Peters is healthy, whenever that is, could you envision a scenario where they put him at right guard saying that this is the best five? Like, I know you're a future Hall of Fame left tackle, but we need help at guard right now. And Jordan Mailata can play left tackle. Does he have to give it give the money back or can no, he keep no, the, he gets to no. keep the money. Oh, he gets to he keep, gets the, to money? keep the money? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if Peterson yeah. like walks in I mean walks into <laughs> Peter's <laughs> office and says, You're moving back to right guard and give me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> but uh, I guess that that would probably be unrealistic. Ten thousand uh, dollars he would happily give. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He you may have that in his like uh, in his wallet. I wonder yeah. how when you when you make that much money, how much how much cash do you keep in your wallet? Do you Good carry question. a wallet? Do you have a money clip? I don't know. Anyway, I don't go wallet. I go money clip. Really? Oh, yeah. look at you. What, now, what do you have in that money clip? You got cash. What else? I don't really even usually have cash. It's usually yeah, just cards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But if I do I, have cash, it's usually just cards. And if I have cash, the cash will be loose in my pocket. What, which cards? How many? Yeah, actually, I've seen you. I mean, you're a mess. You're yeah. digging through all your pockets. So uh, <laughs> this isn't a very good uh, testimonial yeah. to doing a money there clip. Are, uh, there are, let's see. Uh, credit card, debit card, uh, insurance card. One credit card? Just one credit card? No, two. Yeah, two credit okay. cards. Uh, and I think I think for some reason there's still an old New York Metro card in there. 
That will come okay. in handy living yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah. What about like driver's license? Oh, driver's license. That's the other thing. Yes. Uh, Zach, what do you do? Wallet or uh, something else? I do a phone case. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, uh, Lemur moved to the phone case recently. Yeah, to make it more efficient. Okay. It's great, and it it it, it holds uh, you know four cards. So I I have I have a, a credit card, insurance card, driver's license, and debit card. And problem uh, is, you're really you're really opening yourself up to the ultimate disaster. Who? Which is what? Well, I mean, you, if you get you get you that lifted, one, or you, you leave it, it somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, diversify I, I, your losses. I think it's even better though because uh, you can always track your phone unless you have the tile in mm. there. You can't track your wallet, so uh, y- you would always know where your phone is by the Find My iPhone app. But I so. feel like I've seen you on your phone. When you're on your phone, you have this big case, or do you only break it out in cer- a certain time? No, no, I, it's 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 my case, but you can't see the cards. It's it's literally oh. just a, a a slot in the back, and it fits it fits four cards. All right, this might be the thing people are doing. I'm old school. Yeah. I have the same one. Really? Though. Exactly. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's hear it. What's your? Uh, do you have? Do you give an endorsement? I just have. I just have my license and my and one credit card. Oh. I usually have a purse too, but like this way you could just go anywhere and all you need is your phone, especially with like COVID and everything. And you don't want to have like extra stuff. You always have your phone. Ah. So man, I feel like a dinosaur. I still have you. What do you have? (laughs) I got the the old, no, not, not quite the, not the Costanza. I would say it's a regular size. I like cleaning that bad boy out, but uh, yeah, I've got, I've got the wallet. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're not, you're, you're also, you're going anywhere the least of all of us. That's true. Yeah. When you sit in the car, you don't want that wallet in the back pocket, so you put it in the middle thing. Oh, uh, I think we you, did talk about this once before, yeah. maybe early on in Burns with Friends, but uh, even yeah. when I when I had the wallet, I I made the move, I would say about 4 or 5 years ago to front pocket in the jeans, not back pocket. Mm, yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah. No, no you can't I think do it's that. much it's much more convenient, much no, more you comfortable. Go, you go keys front right, is cell phone front left and wallet. Oh, that's back crazy right. to me. What are you talking cell about? Cell phone, cell phone, right? Keys left. Well, come on. Are you Does kidding me? Phone on the left? Well, that's nuts. Yeah. You're not a lefty. So what? That makes me not look at look at it as often. Yeah. See, I'm reducing that that's, screen time. I think that's, that's next I think level that's right crazy. there. Now, when you're sitting, you can't have the wallet in the back pocket, though. That's true because the un the uneven butt. I mean, that's like a, it's very uncomfortable. That's going to lead to some painful situations. No doubt about that. Okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. 
All right. Uh, all right. That's that'll do it. Um. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's let's stick on my lotto because let's uh, let's do this theoretical. Uh, you know, what's the what's the path? Is it you know, is it realistic to think that he can win this job? And then if that's the case, what do you do with Andre Dillard? Well, as as Bo pointed out, he is younger than Andre Dillard. He's two years younger. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he's well. He's only under contract one more year after 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 this, but he's cheaper. Uh, so so what do you do? It's it's a it's a very good question. I mean, it's it's a good situation for them to be in. It's it's a little premature to talk about after after one game. But like we've said, Andre Dillard certainly hasn't done enough to say like he's your future at left tackle right now. Uh, th- despite any report that he was. What dominant in camp? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So dominant. Yeah. So uh, so I I say that it, it is certainly conceivable that if if Myalata holds down this job and the Eagles are are going to have a decision to make once Peters is healthy, if 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 he is healthy. At, at, oh, we didn't answer your right guard thing, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I would say that uh, I I would think you would have an open competition. Unless there's a trade market for one or the other. Well, for the right guard thing, I mean, okay, so obviously you want to find your best five. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who you would. So you would be choosing Peters instead of Herbig? Then would Herbig no, be playing? Pryor. No, instead of Pryor. Oh, instead of Pryor. Okay, because so Her- we're assuming Sayamalo is going to take some time. It's, it's going to be okay, so Herbig is staying at left guard then. In this theoretical, yeah. In this, in this theoretical. theoretical. Uh, well, I mean, somebody needs to be uh, – I would be looking for somebody other than Pryor to be playing mm-hmm. right guard. So. I don't think it's crazy to, to expect Peters to go back to right to go back to go right guard. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be awkward, but if Mylotta is can play like he played Sunday night for any extended period of time, and you're really going to know kind of – I think after these next two weeks, you'll have a good idea mm-hmm, yes. of sort of the – ceiling and the floor of what his play is going to be like. There's obviously going to be bumps in the road with how inexperienced he is, but you'll have a good sense of what he's going to be able to do the rest of the season after the next two weeks. I do think there is, there is high potential for this to seem like the, one of the craziest conversations we've ever had on birds with friends after my just gets torched two weeks in a row. Um, I think our, so? our I bar know. for craziest conversation is pretty high. <laughs> Well, that might be the case. I would, uh, if if Mylotta is good the rest of the year, I think you trade Dillard this offseason. I think you trade him now before you risk him losing like complete value, which is exactly what they did with Sidney Jones and uh, to a lesser extent, you know, Rasul Douglas. Like this, once you know that this guy sucks, trade him before you can, you can't get anything back in, in return. If it's, like if it's Dillard for a fourth or fifth round pick, take it. Okay, so that's package that, Dillard and JJ. Well, that's yeah, what I was. It's well, all, like what, see, it's already too late for Arthur yeah. Whiteside. Okay, so Dillard uh, is that what you're? Th- yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Would be a day three pick. I mean, can you get more than that for Dillard? I mean, this is somebody who's I don't think so. Four starts in two years, coming off a season-ending injury, and who the organization is opting to, you know, is going with someone else instead of him so it's tough i mean there is big offensive line need around the league but given that it seems like josh so josh rosen right he he played the one year in arizona first round pick quarterback and the cardinals got a second and a fifth for him 
So that's like, you know, the high bar of the ceiling. That's a quarterback, and plus he had three years left on his contract. Yep. Dillard, well, right, and, and, that, when, and, he, and he's, he's instructive because his value in one year went from second to then he's on a, he's on a practice squad somewhere. Like that's the risk that's the risk you take in not getting rid of him immediately once you know that he's not for you. Okay. The difference is people saw him. Saw well, Rosen? Yes. Yeah. So like like be- Rosen played last year, whereas Dillard, no one's gonna see him this year. So you're going based on four your starts. evaluation coming out of college. Well and there's and also well, four there's starts. Also he had like three hundred yeah. snaps or so last year. True. So it's right. not that's true. Bad. And well yeah. and like it's not like he was not playing because he's not good enough, he's injured. Uh, but that also brings in a different uh, calculation to things. But the other thing is, there's sort of a there's sort of like a selection bias thing where the fact that he's even being discussed in trade talks at all means that he doesn't have that much value because the team is giving up on him. Well, I have to answer this question for my mailbag, which you can read on the Athletic on uh, on Thursday. And I was kind of leaning in a in a different direction. So I, you know, I understand what you're saying, but if it's a fourth or a fifth round pick, then wouldn't you be better off if you think he can just be a swing tackle? I mean, isn't there value in that when you have Lane Johnson at go, 31 years old going into next season and Dillard is like still cheap? I mean, he he's not costing you. He's on a rookie contract for two more years. So in my opinion, if that's all you're getting for him, and like unless you're just like you said, if you're just done with him, if you really hated what you saw in the summer, if you know you, you're not even sure he would make the roster next year, then yeah, obviously. But if you're on the other end of it and you're like, well, you know, he he was showing at least a little bit of potential. We're not asking him to do too much. He'll only play if somebody gets injured. Then I wonder if you're better off just making him your, you know, making him one of your backups. We're seeing right now they're starting four backups uh, on on in week four. Yeah. So you definitely need that offensive line depth. And it's not like, you know, they have some guys who are interesting who are going to have to play this year, but you certainly could use him in that role. That's a great point by Shiel. And the one thing I, I, I would add to it is that in this hypothetical in, in which my lot is your starter, you're still talking about a 346 pound person who has back problems or who had a back yes. problem last yeah, year. That's so, true. Yeah, so Milotic, he's he hasn't been a beacon of health in his three years here. Well, and and there is like you're going to get more information over the course of this year on a bunch of those other guys. Like if if Jack Driscoll turns out to be uh, right. swing tackle quality, then the need to bring Dillard back lessens. But uh, I think that's I think that's a fair point. Um, you know, if if you think he can handle that, then I would say probably not worth the fifth round pick. But if you could get a fourth. Who knows? Maybe that is worth it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny. What, whichever one of you said we're might be getting ahead of ourselves. I would say <laughs> this was the most popular topic in the, in the mail bag yeah. submissions was Mylotta and what can we get for Dillard in a trade? <laughs> I mean, really, those were the two. Those were both asked. Mul- those were asked multiple times. So you know, fans, listeners are certainly thinking about it. There you go. Uh, is there anything else to discuss news wise, Zach? Before we get to the Squall Twenty Two. Oh, I thought we were already in this. Weren't we already in the squad? I thought we were in the squad. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we're we talking sort of about Mylotta. I mean, yeah. normally it's me who has no idea what's like going. Well, on yeah, but it seemed like there was a point where you wanted to say something else news-wise. I, I, I thought no, that I was circling I think, back to something. I think the toe no, thing played the out. And, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, okay. we covered the big. Yeah, we covered the big things. Um, 
uh, Jim Schwartz, we can review what he said yesterday, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything it. there. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Also, he did give uh, – Schwartz – Well, we can talk about what Schwartz said when we get to the, the squad 22 of the defense. How okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think fans would like to hear his Nate Gary quote. Mm, that's true. Uh, okay, what about uh, elsewhere on, on the offense, Sheila? Uh, my take on Wentz in this game was that watching it back, uh, he was not as bad as I thought live. But there were there were still a couple plays um, that he missed for sure. Yeah, I would say more than a couple. I mean, I mean, it did. This was the closest version. I think Zach mentioned this in his story on Monday. Like this was the closest he looked like the last four games of last season. Like mm-hmm. that guy, you know, with kind of a bunch of uh, no names out there and at least doing some things. Uh, really, you know that uh, we talked about it in the post game pod. But that throw to Fulgham was his. I mean, that's like easily his biggest throw of the year, his best oh, yeah. throw of the year. I mean, such small margin for error there. When you watch it on film, there's really not a lot of room. Like the ball had to be perfect, basically. It's not like Fulgham was separating uh, or the defensive back lost a step or anything like that. The ball had to be placed right there, and it was. So uh, that was good to see. You know, the play that got called back where he escaped to his right and then found uh, Boston Scott. That was a nice play. Uh, you know, they were doing some, I guess, I don't want to, like, give them too much credit, but, you know, there were at least a couple wrinkles offensively mm-hmm. with what they, they did. They had that fake toss that they then went into a bootleg uh, with and hit Ward for 20 yards. I mean, this is not reinventing football, but right. I don't think they had done that in the first three games, and it uh, and it worked well. Did we talk about the tactic on the QB sneak in the postgame pod? I couldn't remember. I don't think we did. No, That was no, cool. No, no, that was, uh, that I like was that. A, yeah, that was fun. The, you know, the way they um, line up in the QB sneak, don't like the look, go to shotgun, shift, and then hurry up, run up to the line, and, right. and run the QB sneak. So uh, I thought that was cool. They were trying things. We, we had talked about this. I mean, a lot of it didn't work. The double pass, that didn't work. The the end around to Adrian Killens, that didn't work. <laughs> but, but you know what? At least they were trying some things uh some things in this game. So uh, the accuracy is still an issue. I mean, that that throw to Miles Sanders on that Texas route looks terrible on film. I so mean, the bad. pocket is clean, and there was so, you know, it was a great route by Sanders, and he had a lot of room to run, and he was visibly frustrated uh, that that ball was thrown at his shoelaces. Uh, I, I don't, what did you think of I, the Richard Rodgers throw? Like, it was, uh, it was not a good throw, but I also don't know what like Richard Rodgers was doing there. I mean, he he was sort know. of flailing at it, yeah, yeah. Like, in a very <laughs> weird way. Yeah, he was like fading backwards, you know, so like pirouetting, uh, like one leg yeah. in the air. It was funny. Yeah, so I just thought was, there was too much air under it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, it, was it was a bad, bad job by both of them. Uh, yeah, on that one, it was a, definitely a bad throw. So, um, and then Bo, you pointed out in the uh, in the piece you had up today that there was uh, uh, probably the 49ers, one of their biggest coverage busts of the day on the right side there where Deontay Burnett is just running down the right side mm-hmm. with, you know, nobody close and uh, Wentz didn't get to him and instead threw a terrible ball to Greg Ward over the middle, which was an incompletion. Now they still scored a touch. That was the drive. They still scored a touchdown, right? right? It was, it, was so it, it was like four, four or five plays before the Fulgham throw. Right. But uh, you know, that, that obviously wasn't. Yeah. Great. I mean, so, maybe Zach is, Zach is writing a, a Burnett feature and by the yeah. way go read that travis fulgham feature absolutely by Zach, a, a great one thank you i mean uh, getting getting the motherland in the lead you know for yeah me, what I do we think like it was really uh 
Well, you know, there were some shots taken at the, uh, you know, the Indian basketball players, which I didn't appreciate. That's true. Um, in that piece, but uh, uh, honorary sport, you know, I would have liked to to hear, you know, somebody give a little bit more love to the time spent uh, in India. You know, that really shaped him. That's a, but you know, it was it was more all these different places have shaped him. Which, yeah, you know, that's true. It's fine. You know, I'm not against uh, I'm not against a Cairo or you know what was it Jordan right. Yeah. yeah, the other places. Well, you well, a a little shout out to New Delhi here. Okay, um, was uh, was his mother said that he w- he was going to a great school there, and mm. you know he he wanted to return to the states for sports for for basketball, and her like reluctance was that it was it was a really good school that he was in in uh, in New Delhi, and I believe the best robotics program in the country. Mm. Playing right into the stereotypes for us. Oh, come on. That's you. No, not you. Not you. You know, the school's great. You know? <laughs> well, it, no. it, it's, it wasn't a school of, of, Hard knocks. of, of, of many. No, <laughs> there weren't many. Um, the New Delhi School of Hard Knocks. Like, like if anyone native. can put that on a t-shirt, I will wear it for a live podcast. Uh, no, the, the schools he went to were English-speaking schools that, uh, that, were attended by children of of diplomats, international companies, um, some uh, locals with dual citizenship who were going to go to American universities. Uh, uh, so they were international schools that he uh, that he attended. I will make him an honorary sports Indian. I mean, how mm. many eagle? How many players on the Eagles are going to have lived uh, in the motherland at some point? It's it's not going to be a long list if they, if it's even two people. So uh, I think by that account, we got to make him an honorary sports. Do you Indian. have Do you have a, a cricket background, Shield? No, I mean every you know every time. When I would go there, oh, what do you do? Write about football? You should write about cricket. Yeah, well, I don't really know much about it. You know, I like to get into it. So, uh, you know, I could get into it. Cricket's uh, a fun just, game, yeah. I, yeah, I've heard, you know, they're, I have cousins who are obsessed. I've just never uh, never gotten into it. Maybe, maybe I'll make that my thing this off season. Mm, that'd be good. I like okay. that. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I had, I had, who was that? Who was that? When was it me? Oh, Zach. <laughs> that was, uh, that was Miles Sanders' Instagram. Yeah. Oh, oh, Zach. Zach Miles Sanders' Instagram. Wow. The pod. That's wow. a new low. <laughs> no, there was, there I don't was, blame you though. I mean, really, no, no, 50 no, minutes there, in. There was, uh, people will, will find out why I was looking at Miles Sanders. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, that sounds very mysterious Flex. then. Maybe a little, uh, <laughs> R-rated. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Slotting into the DMs. All right, Zach. Uh, no, 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 nothing, nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Miles Sanders, there was a there was another play where where uh, Wentz missed an easy completion to Sanders for what would have been a big game gain in this game. That was in the first uh, first half. So, for whatever reason, it has been Sanders. I think more than anybody else who Wentz has just missed easy completions to. 
Yeah, it was it was like a baby steps game, you know? They yes. they got a big play when they needed to. They won the game, so we don't want to come on here and be complete uh Debbie Downers. Uh there's also work to do. I mean, you know, there were drives that were really uh stalled with these unforced errors. I mean, the two Kelsey bad snaps the Mylotta false start on a third and one. And so, uh, you know, there could be, uh, there could have been scenarios where they scored on those drives without those sort of uh, self-inflicted wounds, I guess, as coaches uh, call them. And the flip side to that is on the defense. I mean, there were a ton of misses that the 49ers, you know, should have had. Um, so this game, this game really could, could have been a much different game. Yeah, the, I mean the the miss on the first uh, the first series there, which I, I think I owe you guys pastafisios on, uh, since Nick Mullins, you know, <laughs> yeah, I called it. I mean, you I would have had that. I, I would have had that. Yeah, I, I owe Marissa lunch also. I mean, I would have had that on the second play of the game. Yeah. <laughs> they they would have fit. I mean, there was no one within twenty yards of Kyle Uschak, and uh, Nick Mullins just sails it. Over his head. Juszczyk was so mad on film. Like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't there get were, a lot of opportunities. There were a lot of plays in this game on both teams where somebody messed something up and somebody else on the on the team just totally dropped their head in, in just, like, disgust. <laughs> yeah. this, it happened, like, ten times in this game. The Mylotta false start was a fun one. Yeah. Like, Ertz and somebody else just, like, dropped their heads down. Yes. It's very funny. So... Uh, let's see what else. Uh, and, and then that, yeah, that interception to Singleton. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't think you'll see a worse throw all year. To be quite honest, yeah, I mean, so depends if Thorpe gets Jim Schwartz into yesterday. Game. Jim Schwartz was was asked about that play, and like uh, he basically was like, that that wasn't a very impressive play. It was thrown right to him. He's like, he's he like, he thought Mills stops. might have picked that ball, and then yeah, exactly. He's like, he made run stops. That, that you can compliment him on. Now, Singleton did he, he did make a few nice run, plays against the run. Yeah, there were like three, yeah. I think, where he made at or near the line of scrimmage. So, who knows? But, yeah, that one, I mean, w- was it Bo or uh, Elliot Shore Parks who said they could intercept a pass in an NFL game? Mm. Or was that – am I getting mixed up here? I don't know. I know Bo said he could throw a touchdown. I forget what ESP said. but uh, Elliot I, said he could hit a home run, right? Okay. Well, he said He said home run – uh, three pointer and I think score a touchdown. Okay, I mean that's one where you know if there ever were a play where you could <laughs> intercept a pass in an NFL game, like it's literally no disguise. Yeah, you know quarters covered. It's literally the linebacker runs to that spot and just looks at the quarterback the whole time. There's nothing else to be done there. I don't know if like Nick Mullins thought that Singleton was wearing a 40. It really looked like he thought he was throwing to a 49ers player. Well, um, he wears number 49, right? So, oh, 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 that's good. Cracking the case. I, oh, okay. man. I feel like yeah. I feel like I should have used that. Yeah, so those were two legitimately uh, terrible plays by Mullins. All right, what do you think of the, of the of the linebackers overall and Nate Gary in particular? Uh, Nate Gary, I mean, I, I I feel the same about Nate Gary pretty much every game, you know. <laughs> really, I I don't want to like pile on the guy. I mean, he misses some tackles. I think uh, you know on his best days he's probably average. Uh, there was a play I thought uh, actually I don't know if it, was it the use check play or another one where I feel like Edwards. Was, I think it might have been the Juszczyk play. Edwards fell down at the line of scrimmage, and Gary saw that and ran uh, towards him. And so I actually think that might have been or probably was Edwards' guy. 
but when you watch it, you just see Gary running towards him way behind, mm. like we've seen him time and again. And so, did did Schwartz say something like that this week? Yeah, so that's a good segue here, and it was it was a, it was a good question. Yeah, I shouldn't say segue, a, a good setup. It was a good question by by Dave Zangaro pointing out the disconnect essentially between the way the team views him and the way the fans view him and him being Nate Gary. And Jim says, I would caution this. There's probably a lot of plays that people outside of our building think might be his fault, that he just happens to be the closest guy when someone else made a mistake. And I think they end up blaming him a lot of the times. He's sort of the closest guy just from plays. And I mean, that's just sort of the way the ball bounces. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe a play like that, but I mean, I don't think anyone would argue that he's playing well or, you know, again. Yeah, and there are also just plays where he's just missing a tackle. Very bad tackler, yeah. I don't know what the numbers are, but, man, that that does stand out where even the plays he gets to the guy, uh, he's missing the tackle. He was top five in the league and missed tackle rate last year. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that's not getting any better. Uh, But, I mean, the good news is the defensive line was awesome. Um like everybody was awesome in this game except for Fletcher Cox, but you know he was getting a little bit of extra attention. Uh, I thought it was funny that when they went to the the five defensive line package, it was five defensive tackles. It wasn't like three defensive tackles in the middle. It was that was when they were putting Malik Jackson on the outside. I just thought that was kind of funny. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Um, and then there somebody asked, you know, what, what what was the difference in the way they were using Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Epps because uh, Schwartz had said, you know, they had different packages. Basically, uh, Wallace was in the base, and when they went heavy, and then, you know, Marcus Epps was, was the second safety when they were in, in nickel and dime, which, you know, I think tells you that uh, they think Epps is a better athlete and can cover better, and, and Wallace is better coming downhill. And yes. Epps, by the way, has a rib injury something to monitor who was mm. limited today. Uh, yeah, I thought Epps had some actual had some moments in this game. I mean, he had a couple third-down stops. I think one of those first drives, he had a tackle on Kittle and stopped him like a, a yard short of the marker. Uh, Kayvon Wallace got matched up with Kittle one-on-one on multiple occasions. Uh, I think in space, like as a tackler, uh, Wallace did not look great. He did have one nice tackle against the run coming downhill. Mm. Uh, there was another play was matched up with Kittle where he, he tripped and kind of stumbled and lost him. Uh, and then there was a third one where actually he did a nice job in his coverage, but he did not make a play at the catch point. And so it was like a 20 yard. That uh, was a, the, like completion. the throw across his body that Mullins made. Is I think so. Yeah. About? It was like yeah. on the left side near the left sideline. Yeah. It was like a, a, a ball that was like there to be picked if he had gotten his head up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was right there. So yeah. um, I don't know. It's uh it, it's one game. We're not going to, crush the guy but I, I know people were kind of curious about how he played uh Gennard Avery I mean his two mm. plays were huge I, I know he had more than two plays but the two plays he made the one causes the McLeod interception or lead, helps lead to it and then I thought on that last drive yes. uh, the hit he had I thought the 49ers had a corner route against cover two and there was really a chance to hit it that would have gotten them down to like the 10 yard line and probably would have had a chance to get out of balance since that route's leading you to the sideline. Uh, but he won his matchup against the right tackle McGlinchey and he hit, uh, he hit Bethard and Bethard had to throw the ball away. So those are like two, you know, very high leverage plays that Shenard Avery made. And Derek Barnett was, this was, I think arguably best the best game of his career. Oh yeah, agree. absolutely. I mean, he, he was just now, dominating. Now what what was the snap count between Barnett and Sweat? Because Sweat is Sweat starting. I mean, was Sweat out there first? 
Did you guys? I don't know if you look. I can look it up. I thought. Uh, I think that it was actually. Uh, I think I remember maybe somebody else started. I, I think oh. there was something weird in that first series. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, thought I, I am. I'm looking it up. Now. I am pulling it up right now here. Okay. Uh, the because sweat had had been starting and uh, sweat was yes yeah, sweat did start okay once again and then the snap differential uh, was Josh Sweat played twenty seven snaps which was thirty seven percent Derek Barnett played forty three snaps oh, which was fifty nine percent okay so sweat started but Barnett's playing more and you know what else we saw for I think I think the first time maybe a handful of times in the past but we saw a few snaps of Barnett on the left side actually um when which he was spelling Brandon Graham there you Just go something that I hadn't I hadn't noticed before that's all okay all right all right well exciting stuff mm. uh wh- what what an episode yeah there's no <laughs> doubt about that <laughs> Uh, what did you What did you make, Sheil, of the uh, the jet motion at snap motion thing from my piece today? Not to ask you to talk about my piece, but nice flex, nice flex way to way to get it. Which in Which everybody can read uh, on the Athletic, of uh, course. Subscribe well, theathletic.com/slash/birds-with-friends. I mean, I think your read on it is right. And so, for those who haven't read it, I mean, they're using it, but their numbers when they use it are uh, terrible. You know, it's not giving them uh, like anything. The worst numbers you could possibly imagine. <laughs> It's so, crazy. I, mean, I think it's a couple things. I mean, one is sort of a theme we've discussed throughout the first four games and even in the offseason is that the offense, they're sort of trying to, you know, add these different elements to it that they think are good, but it really hasn't had much of an identity. And, and that certainly is part of it. And then two is like if you watch the, you know, the Chiefs game on Monday night when they have like Tyreek Hill on a jet sweep, it's like if a defender hesitates for, you know, a quarter of a second, gone, like touchdown. I mean, you don't really have to get the guys to screw up in a big way where they're taking like two steps in the wrong direction. I mean, it really is a very minor hesitation you need for a player like that. And I mean, the Eagles are doing it with like Greg Ward and Adrian Killens, you mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll do respect to them, but uh, that's not going to uh, create the same effect that you would be creating if you had a really fast, dynamic player who could take it to the house uh, on any snap there. So I, I don't know. I think those are a couple of the things that came to mind. I'm I'm curious, Shield's opinion on on something else we talked about in the, in the beat back and forth. And this was posed to Doug Peterson this week, uh, which was what's going to happen at at wide receiver. I mean, I mean, right now they have Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins on IR. Um, at some point, those guys you would think are going to be back. Uh, the I think the elephant in the room here is what do they do with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? Are they going to cut uh, either Watkins or, or Fulgham or someone like that, or do they cut Ortega-Whiteside? Now, now Peterson said that, uh, look, it's it's a problem that, that he might welcome because they, they haven't had, you know, he, and he wasn't asked specifically about JJ. I, 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 I believe, but he, he basically said they're, they're not there yet where they have numbers at, at wide receiver. Um, but they're going to have eight, eight players, uh, that they're going to have to figure out what to do with. 
Well, you know my rule. When a coach says it's a good problem to have, it's a terrible mm-hmm. problem to have. I think that <laughs> I think that really uh, that really will fit here, despite what they what they say. Well, uh, the translation. Uh, I mean, the Doug translation there might be: Do you really think Deshaun Jackson's going to be healthy at, at yeah in November? Yeah. So. Well, that that's true. I mean, so I I think one of you made the point that I I agree with, and is sort of the toughest one to account for here, and that's that. Carson Wentz, we now have a history of when he doesn't trust you, he's not looking your way. He's not Mm -hmm. throwing you the ball. I mean, you need to have like seven yards of separation for him to even think about it. Uh, When he does trust you, uh, he will go to you. I mean, that, that like, I don't know. It's an interesting sort of thought exercise. If J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was running that route that Travis Fulgham ran, is he getting the ball? I don't think so. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I think that certainly it's possible that he doesn't. And so... It's tough in both ways because I mean I'll be honest I didn't watch Fulgham and think man this guy's lighting it up yeah. you know it was really it was one it was a big play he made the play was there to make to make and he made it but even on that play he wasn't separating I mean he wasn't mm-hmm. it's not like he was open all game I will say the one thing that uh, you know Bo had mentioned previously about Hightower is true with Fulgham and that's that they're bringing some juice at least mm. you know there's they're starting fights out there I mean if you watch the two point conversion. Uh, Fulgham is, I mean, he's driving his guy out of the back of the end zone. Like a blocking sled. Yeah, and there was a play on the next series where he's doing the same thing. And so this is a thing that I think coaches obviously love, and I understand why. I mean, you have like an offense that's been sleepwalking for the whole year, and so when someone gets out there and it's like, I'm not wasting any snap. I don't know when I'm going to have this opportunity next. I'm going to bring energy to it. I'm going to bring feistiness to it. I can see how that would be attractive. Now, if we're talking about just who has a chance to have a better career as a wide receiver, Arthega Whiteside or Fulgham. I mean, I think I would still say Arthega Whiteside, even though, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to happen for him, but I would still say Arthega Whiteside based on, you know, talent and what kind of that ceiling is. And so if you're looking at it from an organizational perspective and you don't want to give up on that, uh, I, I would understand it. But, you know, you're running into an issue of, well, your quarterback might not throw to this guy. So where does that really leave you? Well, I also think it's, I think it's a bit of a false choice because it, you don't have to cut these guys. Like, if if you want, you can just put Arthega Whiteside on injured reserve. Uh, you know he's fighting through whatever minor injury it is. You can just you can put him on IR and wait three weeks and and see if you still need a wide receiver. Uh, the same thing goes for you know Quez Watkins. You have a couple more weeks. Like I I don't I think it's probably unlikely that they're going to get to a point where all eight of these guys are healthy and ready to play. Um, but yeah, it's it's really a post bye week question. Right. Well, okay. yeah, I think that's fair and. And like Fulgham, that was a great play. It's it, it isn't like he like you know did so much that popped that he's gonna have to stay. Um, oh, I agree with you. But I, I think that if I think the wild card is Alshon, and and when I said that um, in the piece, I meant like how how good does he look? Not like they're gonna cut him, but that uh, if he's good enough to be a factor, then that pushes everybody else down the line. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, okay. it could could be uh, something something to pay attention to. All right, I feel like this was uh, like uh, too much football in this episode. I mean, we had the whole wallet discussion, and yeah. <laughs> and and in, in the first ten minutes there was a COVID discussion too. So, well, that's uh, football. <laughs> this is gonna be a great description to write. <laughs> <laughs> Toth wallets, COVID, and uh, 
and a a uh, I forgot his name for a second. Travis Fulgham, <laughs> stay or go. <laughs> We're really going to be moving up the uh, Apple Podcast rankings. Yeah, that's right. Just go back yeah. and watch the uh, the YouTube of the show from the that's other night. True. That was more yeah. fun. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it uh, for this episode of Burns with Friends. We will be back on Friday at eleven thirty Eastern Time live on YouTube once again. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe to the Athletic. Athletic.com slash birds with friends. I believe you still get $1 a month. So check that bad boy out. And, you know, while you're helping us out, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Tell us how much you like Zach. So for Zach, Marissa, and Shield, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday. And as always, we love you.